long time ago, in, in when I was growing up, schools were arranged differently in terms of grade levels and connections. Um, elementary school, uh, the, you know, it's all about buildings and how they can fit things together. Elementary school really went from first grade through sixth grade. There was no public kindergarten when I was growing up. And then junior high school was seventh through ninth grade. And then high school was 10th through 12th grade. And I still remember sharply entering the seventh grade for the experience of a lifetime of feeling judged, uh, of feeling I didn't quite fit in, uh, of feeling that my clothes weren't quite right, you know, in a way that they're the same clothes I was wearing in the sixth grade. I don't know how it's possible to go over a summertime, three months, and suddenly be wearing the wrong clothes. But in the seventh grade, and as a seventh grade, you know, I have pretty strong, decent ego strength now. I don't care if you like my clothes. I, I, I'm over it. But in seventh grade, that just is really huge. I mean, because people kind of make fun of you. You're little high waters. You're, you know, your jeans don't go quite long enough. You don't have Levi's. When I was growing up, it was Levi cords. That's what everybody wore. I, you know, we couldn't really afford Levi cords. We had made some hard decisions as a family. Dad worked. Mom stayed at home with us, and so there was an extra income for uh, us to uh, have snazzy Levi's. You know, I would never have thought of Levi's as snazzy. Now, you know, they're not, they're, they're probably the least expensive jean on the market now. But uh, in those days, it was, and so I still remember the sting of judgment, of feeling judged over something as stupid and idiotic as what I was wearing. Now, the unfortunate thing is, fast forward, you know, adult 55-year-old James sitting, drinking his coffee this morning on my couch. And I'm looking out the front window. And I'm watching, you know, nothing go by. Because at 7 o'clock in the morning, ain't nobody awake on Sunday morning in my neighborhood. I don't know where everybody is, still sleeping, still drinking coffee. I don't know. But there was nobody, and I was drinking coffee and looking out. And at 7 o'clock, the sun's coming up, and I see this woman walk by. And she's looking at her phone. And I'm thinking... Gosh, there are flowers, there's stuff you could be doing. And so I began to run the judgment pattern in my brain. The pattern I've been trying to break for years and years and years and uh, trying to work beyond. So when I hear this, when I take stock, once again, step four, take a fearless moral inventory of my life, as I read against this passage today that we're looking at, I find I come up just a little bit short. So let's look at this together. Now, by the way, if you have the printed update, you notice that I went all the way through verse 6. You can just cross that off because we're not looking at verse 6 this week. We're looking at verse 6 next week. James decided, had an epiphany last night, I don't know what to do with the pearls and swine part of this particular passage. And then I realized it goes with, with verse 7 and beyond. It doesn't go with verse 1 through 5, no matter how they divide it in my Bible. So I will be talking about that next week. So you can look forward to some pearls and swine and pigs and stomping things and all sorts of exciting, you know, holy things in front of dogs, you know... Uh, Reedy likes holy things in front of her, by the way. I'm not telling that story this week, but she, 
likes to come and lick my Bible when she wants my attention. So I'll be sitting my Bible in front of me, and she'll walk over and lick the Bible. And In fact, this whole page is wrinkled now because Reedy licked that yesterday right after having slopped up water. But that's neither here nor there. I chased a squirrel. I had to do it once in a while. There you go. Join me in chapter 7, if you want to read along, uh, of Matthew. Still in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching his disciples, and we're looking at verses 1 through 5. Don't judge, so you won't be judged. You'll receive the same judgment you give. Whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you. Why do you see the splinter that's in your brother's or sister's eye but don't notice the log in your own eye. How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take that splinter out of your eye, when there's a big log sticking out of uh, your eye? You deceive yourself. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother or sister's eye. (sighs) This was uh, the gospel for this morning. Thanks be to God. Um, you know, whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you. That, that was just enough right there. Just stop judging. Just stop. That's it. That's the entire sermon this morning. I would like for that to be. Now listen, if, if, if we were really being the church, we would really have been helping you for the last 2,000 years get past this whole judging other people thing. But we have had a terrible time of taking Jesus seriously in chapter 7, all along. If you want to go to one of the judgiest places there is on the earth, go to a church service on a Sunday morning. When you look at your neighbor and wonder why they aren't wearing certain things, or why they aren't as dressed up, or they're too dressed up, and don't they realize that we're casual, or blah, 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 you know, it's all this running commentary in your brain. And let me just tell you what, that's why nobody wants to come to church. Why do I need to be judged by people of holier people if I can just be judged by average everyday people on the street? (laughs) You know, I don't even have to go to a building to be judged. I can walk down the street and be judged. James will look out his front window and say, why is that woman wasting her time on her phone? And I can make a quick judgment. You see, ever since scholasticism began to rise and we began to function, this is 800 years, primarily in this brain right here, This brain works by differentiation. I am me because I'm not Marge. And Marge is Marge because she's not me or any of you. And everything is about differentiation. Well, it's not just enough to know that by negation Marge isn't me and I am not Marge. Now I have to make a decision about why, what what makes Marge different. And I begin to make lists. Well, all the differentiation also becomes, it's quick for me to decide, that's a tree and that's a flower, and the tree is better than the flower because it's taller, or the flower is better because it's more colorful, or I, as soon as we start pulling things apart and dividing things into left and right, have you noticed that there is a problem talking to people on different sides of things? It's because for the last 800 years we've been dividing things and as soon as I divided it, I decide which side to take. And once I've taken that side, the other side is the demon, the evil empire, whoever it is. They're not good and I am. So for the last 800 years, your church has abandoned you. (laughs) We taught you only one way to think and this brain judges everything. 
Now, it's one thing. I just want to tell you something about judgment. There is good judgment, but it's really called discernment. It's called discerning the truth versus falsehood. Discernment, that's a form of judgment. Judging other people because of the color of their skin, because of the clothes they're wearing, because of the nation they're from, because of their ideology, because of their side of the aisle in Congress. Judging people for those reasons is completely against this book. Completely against what Jesus taught. That whole judging thing does not work. It does not work. And the unfortunate thing for most of us is, by the same thing we judge everybody else, is how we'll be judged. Now, let me tell you, there's another challenge with this whole don't judge thing. It's not just that I judge everybody else. It is that I rake myself across the coals over and over and over again for the smallest infraction. And i got to let go of that. When Jesus says don't judge so you won't be judged, part of it is, don't judge yourself by some false set of standards, either that somebody else puts on you that's not God, or that you put on yourself falsely. You know, I, I, I've got to be a certain way. I've always got to be the teacher. I've got to be the wise guy. I've always got to have an answer. Even if the answer is wrong, I'm going to have an answer. Ask me. If you had asked me a question 10 years ago, I did not say, I don't know. I made something up. <laughs> Usually... The thing I made up was pretty true because I gathered all the information in my brain, which unfortunately the reality about my little tiny brain is I gather the most pointless information and it's all in there. Hannah once introduced me when I was picking her up from school. She said, can we take my friend home? And I said, sure. And she, her friend gets in the truck. We're leaving middle school when Hannah was in middle school and I'm taking her home and, and Hannah says, this is my dad. He knows all the pointless information in the world. <laughs> Dad, say something pointless. Say something pointless. So, you know, I had to search, well, you know, under which category? Do you want a science pointless uh, reality? Do you want a religious pointless reality? Do you want a philosophical pointless? You know, you have to be clear. Just ask me a question, and I'll give you the pointless answer. You know, and it's not any, there are no pointless answers. There's just a lot of trivia in the world that there's no need to know, and I know it. <laughs> Nickel knowledge, mine's probably more like penny knowledge, not even quite. But, you know, it's the knowledge that you don't need to have. So the truth of, of all things comes back around to what we store up in these spaces. And when we store up in this space and begin to measure everybody else by how they don't measure up to some reality, then we've missed the boat. We have really missed the boat. I don't need to judge you. And the truth is, you don't even need to judge you. Now, that's the hard truth that you need to hear. Don't judge so you won't be judged is not just about the guy or gal walking by holding a cell phone and waiting for one to do it because, of course, I don't know anybody who walks around without the cell phone in their hand. Uh, in fact, I have banned cell phones on my own personal walks now because I find that I have it in my back pocket and somehow it just magically appears in my hand. I don't even know how it teleports from the back pocket into my hand. And I'll put it away, teleports back. Put it away, teleports back. It's almost like magic. It's called, you know, I, I don't pay attention to what's going on. You see, in Western society, we've come to believe that what we think 
makes a difference. So we have a running commentary all the time about everything we encounter. Oh, it's too warm in here. Oh, it's too cold in here. Oh, I don't want to sit this close. Oh, I don't want to sit this far away. Or why isn't everybody here? Why isn't nobody here? Why is, you know, why, why? Everything is constantly this running dialogue. And I read an article that said oftentimes some of the same things you're thinking in your brain you thought as a toddler. Because that pattern keeps running through your brain, you're still thinking toddlery kinds of things. The constant commentary, and you're putting that commentary on everything, and you think you have a right to put a commentary on everything. Why do they wear that color? Why aren't they carrying an umbrella? Why aren't they wearing a, don't they realize it's too hot out here? Why is James wearing long sleeves? It's summertime, you know. You can't help it if I'm a reptile. I can't help it either, you know. Uh, I go sit on my rock with the heating lamp and it works. You know, maybe it wouldn't work for you. I like it 110 degrees in the shade. That works perfectly for me. Maybe it doesn't for you, and that's okay. Why can't we get past this running commentary that we have to run all the time? You know, we used to make fun of, it was funny, I, was, uh, I just started my classes, well, I started reading all my stuff, but I started my official classes for the Living School on Monday. And all of the stuff dropped into my box. And there are these lectures I had to watch and these readings I had to do. And so I'm listening. And, and Father Richard says something to the effect of, you know, we used to make fun of people who walked down the streets talking to themselves. You know, I'll still never forget. I, I thought to myself I was at Safeway, the Safeway that's over in, uh, uh, that's over in Bailey's Crossroads. I was there shopping one day. And there was this woman who was talking to herself, except she wasn't. This was in the early days of a Bluetooth connector in her ear. But I didn't know that. I, I didn't have a Bluetooth connector. That was like way ahead of my time. So this woman's walking in the section, talking about, well, I'm not getting eggs. I'm, I, no, I don't think so. I'm just, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> She's talking to herself. Well, the truth is, whether you admit it or not, most of you talk to yourself, you just don't do it out loud. You talk to yourself all the time. What did I forget? I can't remember. Uh, you know, what, to, what was I supposed to bring with me today? What was I supposed to say? You know, uh, the Statlers are going down today to help at LCAC. I was supposed to tell you when you came in, would you please bring this down with you, all the food down when you go? See, I'm supposed to remember that, and it just popped into my head. In fact, I, had, I, said, to, uh, I said to Miles, Miles, I need you to help me remember this. And because I've asked you to, I will remember it. I didn't know that it would be in the middle of the sermon that I would remember it, but that's when I remembered it. See, that's how it works. There's a constant commentary running in here. And oftentimes it's a judgmental commentary. Why did I say that? Why didn't I say something else? Why would I do that? I, I, I thought it was, you know, was that, was that stupid? Was that, you know, and unfortunately, the more we judge things, the more that negativity sinks into us because most judgment is negative. It's negative. And I told you before, your brain chemistry, your brain chemistry, it attaches immediately to negation. It takes 15 seconds for your brain chemistry to connect to something positive. So you have to really think about it for at least 15 seconds, something positive. I love Marge's blue blouse. It is very lively. It's beautiful. I like it. I like it. I'm going to have to think about that for a while and keep saying it to myself, and, I, and it will sink in. I liked where the sermon was going before I started. You know, that kind of thing. And then you see how quickly it just turns negative. 
It just turns negative. How quickly can you turn from positive to negative? You internalize that, and then your internal dialogue becomes negative. And you know what that ultimately does? It changes your brain chemistry. You begin to see the world negatively. Now, I'm not talking about people who have brain chemistry imbalances that are medical. That I'm talking about as a person. If you think negative thoughts all the time, judgmental thoughts all the time, it shapes how you see everything. You become Eeyore. Walking down, everything is a rain cloud over your head. Everything. Everything is a rain cloud over your head. You know, I would so much rather be a hopeless optimist, which pretty much I am. So, uh, but the truth is, we have a hope that runs deeper than all of that. And that hope is what we are meant to hold on to when we want to make a judgment. When we want to make a judgment about somebody else. There is only one eternal judge, and it is not us. There is only one eternal judge, and it is not us. And Jesus wanted us to just pay attention to what's going on inside of us. How quickly uh, I feel better about myself by telling myself I'm better than you. How quickly I feel smarter than someone else. But guess what? I've discovered there are a lot of people smarter than me in the world. There's a lot of people handsomer than me in the world. Well, well at least a couple anyway. Maybe one or two people more handsome than I am. So that's the way that it is. I just have to live with that reality. You know, I, you know maybe not look at them, just look at myself. The truth is, it is always about a comparison that none of us need to make. Because you are already loved by God. And God already wants you to love him back. Already. Not to change anything to love him back. To love him back. Now, if we're going to be the church in this world, and we're going to bring hope and love to the rest of the world, we've got to get our stuff together. And part of that stuff is to stop labeling everybody else who is different than you. Do you know what the worst possible thing you can call people who don't necessarily believe the same way we do? Lost. How would you like to be called lost? And begin every question or every conversation with somebody, well, I know you're lost. But if you'd only come to know Jesus, do you, you know what happened? Our conversation ended as soon as you said, I know you're lost, but. What are you, lost from what? I know exactly where I am. You're the one that appears to have to have your GPS out right now. I mean, you know, what does that mean? It means you're different than I am and, I, and therefore less than I am. There is nobody in the universe that God created that's less than anybody else. Nobody. Anywhere. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they believe. I don't care what they've done. There is nobody less than anybody else. They are all loved. You are all loved. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you are already loved. God already loves everybody, whether they come to church or not. That does not mean you can stop, because I keep track of who comes. <laughs> I keep track of all of you. So if you stop, I will know. I will know. There you go. See? Wasn't that, didn't that feel judgy? Didn't that make you want to come more? You know, if you, I used to be, when I first came to St. James, I had been trained this way. If you missed one Sunday, I called you. <laughs> you missed one Sunday. This is Northern Virginia. This is what somebody told me when I called them on the phone. 
my second year at St. James, you know, the, the folks who had been raised in the church expected me to call them. Some of the other people, like, chose to come to church two Sundays in a row, and then the third Sunday didn't come. They were somewhere else. I called them, said, everything okay? Why are you calling me, James? You didn't come to church on Sunday. I did something much more interesting on Sunday, James. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, I'm so glad I called. Now I feel bad about myself and calling you. Bye. You know, the truth is we can choose to do lots of different kinds of things with our lives. You've chosen to be here or online with us right now for a variety of reasons, and that is a gift. And that's the gift that it is. Receive it as a gift not denigrate the people who don't, haven't, haven't yet discovered what a gift it is to come and hang out and listen to great music and sing great music and, and have communion together and hear some guy talk about something or some gal talk about something that hopefully will be helpful in the rest of our lives. If we're going to be the church in the world, we've got to learn to stop drawing all those lines because clearly it's not helping anything. Suddenly, it has become in our society, I don't think I grew up in this way, it has become in our society that if I disagree with you, that instead of trying to come to a compromise, I'm just going to talk louder. <laughs> and then you're going to talk louder back, and I'm going to talk louder back to you, and then you're going to talk louder back to me, and then I'm going to scream and shake my fist. And then we're both going to have heart attacks, and there won't be that argument anymore, you know, because we, we wonder why we're so stressed. Because we can't come to recognize there must be a third way. I don't have to be right and you don't have to be wrong. There must be another way. You notice we don't worship a God who is just two. We worship a God who's three. You know why? Because we would try to pull that God apart because we would have poles. This end, I'm really a father kind of guy. Well, I'm kind of a son kind of guy or I'm a spirit kind of guy. Whichever one we have, we have all three. So they all mix together, and they're an eternal dance, and it's a constant dynamic reality, and you cannot take sides because there's not a side. They're an eternal dance. We have to get past where our society is because being the church is not modeling what everybody else does. And let me tell you something about faith. It's not winning a rational argument. Don't go to your neighbor and try to rationally win. I have memorized a lot of scripture. Some of you may know more than I do. It's doubtful, but it's possible, you know, uh, you know, and you can get into really great arguments with people and pull all sorts of scriptural stuff out of your hat, and then it turns ugly, and then what do they see? Do they see the love of Jesus coming out of you? Not even a little tiny bit. So guess what? You've completely defeated yourself because in the end, we don't have a, a religious faith that makes sense. God chose, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, God chose what is weak to shame the strong, what is foolish to shame the wise. What is foolish? We believe in a God who died for us. How much more stupid can you get? How much more foolish can you get? And that's what we believe. So ain't nobody out there any more foolish than we are. But there are some people, I know some atheists who are more loving than some Christians I know. We're going to get to a little section later on in the Sermon on the Mount. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, really knows me, Jesus says. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. 
And if I don't see love, but it's not my job to judge whether you've got love or not. But a lot of other people in the world will see your fruit. That's also in the Sermon on the Mount. That's coming up too. I want to tell you to stop judging. I need to tell you to get off the treadmill. See, the problem is, you know when you turn on the treadmill and it just goes until you turn it off? Unless you have one of those timer kind of cool ones. But, you know, uh, it goes until you turn it off. Same thing about your brain and commentary that's going on. You've got to get off. You've got to get off of that. So, got assignments for you. Assignments. Here we go. James has got assignments. I just can't remember what they are. But that's okay. Here's what I think the assignments are. If centering prayer is not for you, gathered centering prayer, that's perfectly fine. Maybe you want to try it at home. Maybe you've tried it. It doesn't work for you. That's okay either way. But centering is one way. Centering prayer is designed to take you off your thinking pattern because you stop, you're supposed to let all of your thoughts go. When a thought comes, you let it go. When a thought comes, you let it go. When a thought comes, you let it go. And my brain has thoughts come all the time, and we've got to let it go. Because if you can break the treadmill, you know, if I on my home treadmill got out my snips and snipped the thing that goes around and around in circles, it would be broken, and it would have been a waste of a lot of money that we had that treadmill, but it would no longer spin. It would no longer spin. You've got to break the cycle somehow. So one way to break the cycle is centering prayer. Another way is just be awake to what you're thinking and stop. You know, I was just thinking about so-and-so. I found myself, you know, I was 15 seconds into questioning why that woman had her cell phone out this morning before I, but that was, listen, there would have been a time I just would have run past, she would have been past my window, I would have still been, I'm still thinking about her right now. Why was she wasting her time on her cell phone? There was a beautiful flower right next to where she was standing, and there were deer over behind the house. She didn't see it. See? See? I have to break it. I have to stop. Maybe there was something important coming on her cell phone, and maybe it's none of my business, and maybe I need to worry more about me than I need to worry about her. But you have to break. I don't need to judge about where something is located or whether I like something or I don't. I need to let it go. So even if centering prayer doesn't become your practice, get some practice in your brain so when you find your mind playing the same tapes over and over again, stop. Try another form of meditation, active meditation. You know, try to breathe. In moments when you find yourself, just breathe. Hold it for a second, let it go. Take a deep, deep breath and do the same thing over again because that brings you to the moment and it takes you away from whatever is going on in your brain. But your brain is not the only way you receive God's grace. In fact, it's only one of several. We've made it everything. Rational thought, everything. Heart thought, body. We can know with our body. We can know with our heart. We can know with our head. I'm not throwing away the head. I'm just saying bring the heart and the body back. Your body knows if you touch the stove. That's body knowing. That's hot. Don't do it anymore. Learn to listen. Your body knows when you've stayed up too late. Go lay in bed. Don't watch one more binge program on Netflix. Let it go. So break the pattern. That's your assignment this week. Whatever it takes, break the pattern. Break the pattern. 
And if none of those three ways I just mentioned work, call me. We'll work something else out. We'll find another way to break your pattern somehow.